Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, Thor, I've got a question for you. Okay. Is there anything that you feel incredibly strong on, like you have a hard stance on this particular thing? But that particular thing is essentially meaningless. Is there anything that you just have a hard creed about? <clears throat> oh my God. Yeah, for sure. Like little stuff like that is honestly, I'm probably more passionate about like little minor things yeah. than like world politics. So, <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? people are like, uh, transgender issues, racial issues, disparaging wealth in America. Those things are far less engaging to me than like if I hold a door for somebody and they don't say thank you. <laughs> is, so is that an, is that an example of yeah. you holding? <laughs> say thank you when somebody holds the door for you. Yeah. Yeah. That gets your goat. So I'm a firm believer. You can tell me what you think about this, but I firmly believe while drinking coffee, you need to drink from an open mug and not from a mug with a lid on it. Okay, it's why? It's a hard stance, and I won't change it, Thor. So what do you do when you go to, like, a Starbucks or something? Uh, when I Is there an exception for that if it's on the go? So if it's on the go, what I what – I mean, yeah, but idealistically – ideally, what I – one thing, one, my wife will not let me in the car with a mug without a lid. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. She refuses. <laughs> All right. But if I go on my own somewhere and I want a cup of coffee, I'll just get a standard mug and just take that with me. Um, it's dangerous, but, you know, it's my car and I'm the only one who goes in it. So <laughs> I feel like we bring up It's Always Sunny a lot on the show. And have you seen the episode where Dennis is driving his his uh, his Range Rover and he's eating a bowl of cereal on his lap while yeah. he's driving? And then yeah. Frank rear ends him. Yeah. And then they get into this whole, like, this court case essentially they do of like who's at fault the guy who can't see and is driving and rear-ended him or is it his own fault because he was driving with a bowl, with a of, bowl cereal of cereal in his <laughs> i appreciate that you accept like hey this is a risky maneuver it is That's yeah 100 but it's completely worth it and another thing too just to to complain about starbucks a little bit they always fill the coffee way too high all right like give me a little bit of wiggle room here, folks, because your Starbucks cups, for as much as we pay for a Starbucks coffee, Starbucks cups are not that good, and they leak, and the lids don't work right, and then you've just got, like, instances of hot splashes dangling on, on the palm because they've come off of the lid. I hate it. Just they, give, give me a little bit of room. Yeah, they definitely... You gotta say... You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them room for cream or room for milk. Yeah, but I just... I drink my coffee black, so whenever they're like, room for cream, I'm like, nah. Just say yes. You don't have to add the cream. Yeah, I guess. 
And you'd be a liar. Do you have some kind of code of honor? You're yeah. Like... So yeah, I refuse to lie about how I drink my coffee. Thor. No, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, with coffee, to get to really get the taste of coffee, you've got to get the scent in there as well. So drinking from an open mug allows you to stick your nose in there a little bit and take a whiff while you're taking a drink. Okay, yeah, no, I see that. I don't have a hard stance on that, but... I do. I do agree that if given the option between a cup with a lid or a mug, I would prefer the mug for the reason of the sniff. Yeah. You gotta love the sniff. Yeah. I mean, it helps with taste so much. So much. Otherwise, you're just drinking hot liquid. It's the worst. Yeah, I, I won't waver on that. That is a wildly hard stance on a very small subject. Small though. thing, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I just, you know, I was thinking about that and curious if you had any any stances like that. The opening the door thing is a good one. Have you heard of the um, the shopping cart theory? No. So there's a theory that basically discerns how good a person is based on what they do with the shopping cart after they take the shopping cart to their car empty their groceries or empty whatever thing that they purchased from the store. There's well, more than one thing you can do? Well, yeah. Yeah, you can you can not put it back or you can put it back. Well, you just leave it loose in the Well, it happens, right? How many times do you go to Walmart and there's just like a random shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot? I guess, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just like it's never even occurred to me till this moment right now that you could not put it back. <laughs> I'm so, pretty sure that, like, in my mind, it's like, I'm pretty sure you get arrested if you do that. <laughs> That's the law. You put that cart back. Well, Thor, that would... that well, would. There's um, a hard stance I didn't even know was a hard stance. I always put my shopping carts back. Well, good for you, Thor. I think that's the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. If I saw somebody not leaving their shopping cart, just leaving it... Yeah. I'm like, that person's a psychopath. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because they'll probably murder me. Because somebody who like has something to live for isn't going to just leave a shopping cart loose in the parking lot. <laughs> so, yeah, the theory is that you can tell whether or not the person is a quote-unquote good person, a conscientious person, depending on what they do with the shopping cart after they're done with it. No one is forced, contrary to what you believe, <laughs> to to return the shopping cart but if you do it you're doing it out of your own uh decision all right nobody's making you do it and that's kind of revealing something about yourself that you're you're willing to do something uh and get nothing in return and okay. at the same time if you just do the ha thing where you put like two wheels on the curb and leave the other two wheels in the parking lot for the shopping cart and drive away. Technically, nobody's going to come after you, right? But I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm not willing to test that theory. But but now you've but now you've made more work for the employees of Walmart or Target or wherever you're at, you know? So, the shopping cart theory is is one that tests whether or not a person is a good person or not. Quote unquote, good person. Anyway, um oh my god i have i've been sitting here thinking like what do i have a hard stance on okay slamming doors like and not necessarily slamming doors but like my wife i love her yeah but she has this habit is she of she'll kind of close doors fairly aggressively 
And okay. it's not because she's mad or anything, but and and I mean, and it's not like she's slamming him, but she just kind of closes him hard a little bit. And I'm yeah. like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> Does she do this a with door? all doors, like car doors and house doors? Yeah, occasionally the car door, not so much that. I mean, okay. she doesn't do it as much anymore because it's been a real problem. That or <laughs> that or leaving the cabinets open. In our kitchen, yeah, she'll like get something out of the cabinet and then just leave the door, like leave the cabinet open. Hanging open, gotcha. Dude, I'm not happy to admit how much it bugs me, <laughs> but it really does. So most of my hard stances are on doors. <laughs> close your doors gently and close your damn cabinets. Yeah, make sure to close them gently too. <laughs> Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host, you can call him the Don, you can call him the Godfather, just don't call him Fredo. It's Micah. <laughs> Don't you dare call me Fredo. Oh man, I will, I will probably, I don't know, whimper <laughs> if you call me Fredo. That's what Fredos do, right? <laughs> Your eyebrows grow real thick. Yeah, it's yeah. like an evil spell. You suddenly become <laughs> thick-browed and stupid. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So uh, we're going to be getting into the Godfather today. I am. I'm really excited to talk about this one. Um, this has been something we've been talking about since like a year ago when we first, I guess over a year at this point, since yeah. when we started talking about the podcast and what we wanted to do on it and episodes, ideas, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first things that I said was there are two movies in my life that I think are the best movies of all time, but I don't know which one is better. And I, I would like to come to a conclusion. So Thor, I hope that you can help me with that. Uh, and this is going to be a, a two-parter, folks. This is part one, where we are discussing uh, The Godfather, the 1972 film. And it's one of my favorites. Uh, Bar None, I think, is one of the best movies ever made. Another one, the other contender, is Last of the Mohicans, um, which is a completely different type of film, but equally uh, in the highest rankings of all of the films that I've ever watched. Okay, yeah, and I have never seen either of these movies. That's wild to me. And so, when we recorded the Hamilton episode, you made a comment, you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who's never seen Hamilton. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I was. That's how I feel about The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Godfather's, like, it's just one of the best movies of all time. Like, that's not just me saying that, that's that's cinema history saying that. Yeah, and folks, we're not. There's no spoiler alert on this one. Like, we we discuss this. It's probably the most viewed and discussed movie in all of history, The Godfather. So we're not going to kind of go through the plots, but we are going to talk about plot. We're just going to assume you've already seen it. If you are somehow like me and you haven't, then I guess stop and go watch it. Yeah. Wh um. Where did you watch it, Thor? Uh, Peacock. Peacock? Okay. So it's on Peacock. Uh, watch it there. You could probably order a DVD of it for 10 bucks. I'll bet, off of Amazon. 
Yeah. I actually wanted to um, order. I wanted to watch a movie online and to rent the movie. It was $15 on Amazon. Or I could buy the Blu-ray DVD with a digital copy from Amazon for the same price. I could either rent it for a day or I could own the DVD. <laughs> it's just wild to me that Blu-ray costs are down that much now because we're streaming everything. Yeah. They can't give them away. Right? Unless it's a Disney film, then it's still $20 for a standard DVD, not even a Blu-ray. Fucking Disney. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about The Godfather. So, um, The Godfather was a film in 1972 by a guy named Francis Ford Coppola. Are you familiar with any of his work, Thor? Uh, name some, and I'll tell you. Apocalypse Now. Yes. Uh, THX uh, something, something, something. It was like 1138, I think. Another no. Robert Duvall movie. Um, the Godfather really kind of kickstarted his his rise to prominence. He was fairly new as as a director in this really? one. Really? Slash screenwriter uh, on this one. Yeah, so he um, helped write the screenplay based off of the movie I'm sorry, based off of the uh, the book, The Godfather, from 1969, by a guy named Mark Puzo. Can you imagine writing a book, and then two years later, somebody's making a movie of it? And not only that, but it's one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize this three, was three years later, early in his career. Because yeah. Francis Ford Coppola is one of those names, like, I know. Oh, yeah. But once again, I'm not a film buff guy, sure. and especially... Nothing really like pre nineties. My basically most of my knowledge of film starts at Tank Girl, and then from <laughs> <laughs> that's when I really started paying attention to cinema, highbrow cinema. <laughs> yeah, uh, all the kangaroo prosthetics. <laughs> no, pretty much anything before the nineties is just I I've seen them. There are there are a few movies from before the 90s that I really enjoy and love, but it's just always been something not really in my purview. Sure. So I know the name. Yeah. I didn't realize this was, like, early in his career, though. Yeah, yeah. He's also related to somebody um, who we've discussed quite a bit on this on this show. Malcolm McDowell. No. Okay. Nope. Nicholas Cage. Ooh, really? Yep. Yeah, Nicholas, it's his uncle. Um, Nicholas Cage's actual name was Nicholas Coppola and he ended up changing his name because he didn't want to be associated with Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, Nick Cage Coppola. is such a cooler name yeah. than Coppola. Yeah. So he took he took the Actually, name. Actually, question, is it Coppola or Coppola? Coppola? I think it's Coppola. I think. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Okay. Well, then I'll say Coppola. Coppola. <laughs> Just to irritate people. How dare you? How dare you? Um, yeah, but he, so he was one of the screenwriters. Um, he, he wrote the screenplay with the guy who wrote the book. And um, the movie, I mean, the movie has gone on to be one of the highest grossing films of all time. In 1972, it was the highest grossing film of 1972. And at that point, the highest grossing film of all time, which, which is kind of cool. And I mean, not only is it one of the, greatest films of all time but it's basically the benchmark for mobster movies past that point so um what are your what are your initial thoughts on the film so this is another one of those things it's like for years i've heard of this movie you know what i mean and like i know like the tropes from it i knew but i've never actually seen it yeah 
So I felt like I knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody says it's the greatest movie. I'm like, this kind of sucks. What? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I just had to do it. <laughs> No. <laughs> you, you had me. You had. I did a head roll, no, folks. It was actually very frustrating because I really wanted to come in with like, it's just my nature of like my contrarian nature to want to shit on things that people love. Sure, <laughs> it's just one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. So I really wanted to find stuff that I didn't like. Yeah, it was really tough. It, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Um, no, so it was. It was obviously very good. I was unsurprised by that film. The first thing I noticed right away is for the time period it was made, just how different it looks. Oh, yeah. Than, than everything else. Like movies now or? From movies of that era. Like we mm, watched okay. A Clockwork Orange a couple episodes ago. Sure. It's from the same year, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe, oh, yeah, I think I you're mean, right. Clockwork Orange or... may have came out a little bit after this. Yeah. But yeah, around the right. same time, and I mean... Early 70s. Just the the difference, and maybe that has to do with Kubrick and how he directs versus... Sure. Um, Coppola? Coppola. 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 Take your pick. Um, <laughs> both, both of them sound like some kind of meat you would get in, like, a deli. Give me some, <laughs> give me a half pound of the give Coppola. Coppola. <laughs> but, you want the Coppola or the Coppola? It's very different. Yeah. Um, but in any case, the... Just the way the film looks and feels, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was from the 70s. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, it felt very slick. It felt... Oh, okay. Just the the deep, rich, like, uh, tones, especially mm-hmm. in those early scenes when they're, you know, they're all coming to see the Don and ask oh, the yeah. favors in that room. And it has this almost, like, this dark, orangey, tint to everything yeah that that scene um so interestingly enough the cinematographer of that movie got nicknamed are you ready for this nickname because of that movie and then other things he was he was known for making dark not like content wise but visually dark scenes he was nicknamed the prince of darkness (laughs) in cinematography (laughs) prince of darkness him and ozzy osbourne yep just chopping it up chopping it up (laughs) So, so do you feel like it was, um, it felt maybe more modernized than what you were expecting or? Yeah. Genuine, generally, I don't love movies from the seventies and eighties. I've, especially the seventies, just filmmaking at that time. I don't, it always feels like slow and boring to me. Yeah. And I struggle to keep interest. I didn't have that at all watching this. That's interesting because I, I do think that The Godfather is a little bit slower of a movie. I think it's a little bit slower paced and it's a little bit longer. So I wasn't sure. It, it I wasn't sure how are you going to feel about it. It certainly is. But like yeah. comparing it to other things from that time period. Yeah. To me, I was like, it felt really like it didn't feel boring or slow at all. I know it could have been the first because it's the first time I saw it and I was just really engrossed in the story. Sure. Yeah. Too. But it, this was interesting because, once again, I've just through like cultural osmosis, mm-hmm. there were a lot of things that I kind of knew before they happened. Oh, stuff yeah. Stuff like that. It, I kind of had a similar thing a couple years ago. I watched Goodwill Hunting for the first time. Oh, okay. And that's another movie. It has a lot of quotable scenes yeah. and lines. 
And so actually watching it was very interesting because I got to see the scene where the the line that everybody says is from, how do you like them apples? Yeah, and that thing. throws, and I, the, and throws then, the number on the window. Yeah, and then once yeah. you actually get to see it, it's like, oh, it puts it into context. Yeah. So with that, there was a ton of ton of those things. Like, um, uh, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Yeah, what? Right? Oh, man. What I've a... heard that my whole life, and I, <laughs> and I know what it meant, and I knew it's from that movie. Yeah. But then it's interesting actually getting to see it in the context. Sure. Or um, when, what's his name, Tommy goes to the – the Hollywood producer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the horse head, they go and they're at the stables. And then it's like the next morning he refuses him, sends him pack. Yeah. And the next morning the sun's coming up and I look at Kendra and I go, I, I think I know what's about to happen. And she's like, what is it going to be like a dead fish in his bed or something? I'm like, <laughs> no, no. no. I've never seen that horse yeah. head scene, <sighs> but I knew exactly what happened. I've seen sure. it parodied or referenced so many times gotcha and there was a ton of stuff in this movie yeah some of them i that i didn't realize were like oh when i saw this thing it was actually referencing this point of the godfather oh that's interesting that's an interesting way to enter that movie because when i when i watched this i was a teenager and so i probably a lot of those things that you're referring to i hadn't seen yet um that's pretty cool that's kind of a neat way to approach the film actually so did kendra watch the movie with you she did. She ended up uh, falling asleep towards the end. Yeah. Which I mean, it's like a three hour, three hour movie. movie. Yeah. So I'm unsurprised and I started it kind of late. Gotcha. So she was genuine, uh, genuinely seemed interested in it. So yeah. She, yeah, we were talking about it as it was happening. Yeah. She, she seemed to enjoy it. That's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. Ashley has not seen it either. I have just told Ashley that she shouldn't watch it because I don't think, I don't think it's her cup of tea. I don't think she would enjoy it as much. Yeah, so the film, I mean, it revolves around this Corleone family, or this Corleone family. Did you notice that they interchanged those names through the movie? Like, they would call it the Corleone family, and then sometimes they would call it the Corleone family. I didn't notice Yeah, that. they would add that E. It is, does it depend who's saying it? Yeah. Yeah, it depends who's saying it. And as the series progresses, they stick to the Corleone family. I've always preferred Corleone. I just feel like that's a cooler sound. Um, but it revolves around... Uh, the Don, Vito Corleone, the Godfather. And the movie really, really focuses on his kids. That being Michael is the main protagonist, right? And he's played by Al Pacino. War vet coming home right after World War II. How do you... How do you Wait, th- that's Al Pacino? Yeah. No My- way. Michael Corleone. Is Al Pacino. Is Al Pacino, the main, the main actor. No fucking way. Are you sure? Are you... Because I swear to God, I'm watching it. Th- I didn't look up anything on the movie. I just straight watched it. Yeah. The only person I definitely recognized mm-hmm. was Scott Kahn. Okay, yeah. From Elf. Yeah, right. from Elf. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I told Kendra we were watching. I'm like, you recognize him? And she's like, kind of. Yeah. And I'm like, what if I told you Elf? And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, Buddy's dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, dude. Michael Corleone is Al Pacino. Oh, geez. I, he was the whole time I'm watching. I'm like, he looks so familiar. I just couldn't <laughs> place it genuinely. Yeah. I didn't realize he's so like young and thin and yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's definitely an early role for him. The people at Paramount did not want Al Pacino to play Michael Corleone, but Coppola was pretty adamant about having him play Michael Corleone. All the, I mean, everyone's so great in this yeah like i mean that has to have been a 
like I don't know how good this movie is without all the people playing the role the people they have playing the roles they are yeah well Robert Duvall I thought was amazing in this Robert Duvall was such a good character um I yeah Marlon Brando was great uh Robert Duvall played Tom Hagen right the lawyer the conciliary holy shit that's they're all so young I didn't realize that's fucking Robert like I know who Robert Duvall is I didn't realize like okay yeah so let's let's just go through this then yeah give me you, with the castle I told like I know Scott Kahn and then Marlon Brando yeah yeah so Marlon Brando plays Vito Corleone um I think is is it James Kahn not Scott Kahn I think it's James Kahn is that what I said yeah. the guy yeah. from Elf yeah the guy let's from Elf you know, that. you know it's the dad from Elf uh, but yeah Al Pacino plays Michael Corleone and then his wife is played by Diane Keaton. Okay. Didn't spot that. Yep. Uh, Robert Duvall plays Tom Hagen. And I think that those are the main like main actors that you'd be like, oh, shit, that's who they are? Those are the main ones. Uh, notable other actors or actresses. The, uh, the youngest sibling, Connie, the sister who's getting married at the beginning yeah. of the film, that is played by a girl or a woman named Talia Shire who happens to be Coppola's sister. Okay. Um, and from what I was finding in there, Coppola didn't want to cast her because he didn't want to be accused of nepotism, and he also thought that she was too pretty for the role. But evidently, Mark Puzo, the writer of the book, came to him and said... <laughs> he was like, your sister ain't pretty, bro. She's a dog. <laughs> Get her in there. Get her in. She's perfect for the role. Jeez. <laughs> Um, no, she's a very beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously, but no, what he say to uh, Capola. Yeah. So that he basically said that she could do the job essentially. And not to, I guess not to worry about the whole nepotism thing. It clearly worked because she got cast. Um, but those are the main, those are the main actors in there. But yeah, it's a young Robert Duvall, a young James Caan, young Al Pacino, and then a kind of young Marlon Brando. They did age Marlon Brando up quite a bit for that film. I think he was in his mid-40s in that film. And, um, you know, he was playing a grandfather. Well, it's in the 70s. You're basically about to die at that point. That's true. That's true. You've lived a long life at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, follow, you know, it follows the, the rise of, of Michael Corleone within the family. So that's one aspect I really, I really didn't know the plot of The Godfather. So I was kind of surprised as the movie went on. And I'm like, oh, He's the protagonist. Yeah. Because that, that's not where I, I, I always assumed mm -hmm. Marlon Brando was the main character. Sure. He's definitely the face of the movie, and he's the face of the posters. Um, he had screen. He was in the movie for less than an hour, though. Yeah, most of the movie he's not in. That's yeah. why I said that surprised me more than anything was like, I was like, I thought this was a Marlon Brando movie. <laughs> Yeah. He's kind of seems like a bit of an ancillary character. He's more of a plot device than a character through most of the movie. Yeah, because it's, I mean, well, he's such a a unique character, I think. I think that that's part of why he stands out. Because they gave him these prosthetics to put in his mouth to stick his jowls out a lot more. And he's got this kind of, he's got this kind of whisper as he talks. And I'm sure that you saw that and you were like, oh. I remember that from the Animaniacs and the God Pigeon. Yeah, from everything, everywhere. <laughs> Every, I, yeah. Know. Everything, everywhere. 
so he stands out, I think, among the cast. And I think visually he's probably the most striking. And it's such a it is such an interesting character. Um he has those like even those small things, just like the way he uses his hands and brushes the side of his face. Yeah. It's like such a such a small thing, but like that's another one of those things that having never really seen the movie, never actually seen the movie, that gesture is something I'm aware of. Yeah. Like, like that's wild how famous this movie is. That having never seen it, I know what the guy does with his hands. Like how the guy <laughs> wipes off his face when he's talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of insane. Yeah, it's kind of like a... Uh... It's kind of like a, a music album where every song becomes a single. So what were your thoughts on on mainly Michael Corleone? Because the movie the movie starts and he's he's very much separate and distinct from his family. And when he's talking to Kay, who he's brought like as a date to the wedding, he's like, This is what my family does, it's not me. And he goes from that to the iconic the end of the film is him getting his hands kissed by the members of the of the mafia uh calling him godfather and then his wife Kay, is on the other side of the door and you see those doors shut and like symbolically that's yeah, right, shutting her out of the life oh yeah yeah right after he just lied to her face yeah that dude that scene is so good he's like okay this one time you can ask me what I, you can this one time you can ask me about my business yeah she's like did you kill him talking about his brother-in-law yeah and he looks at her he's like no no and and <laughs> i think so that scene is so cool because not only is like yeah he's metaphorically shutting her out of his life mm-hmm. but also like in that but you can see in her eyes like he just fucking lied to me yeah like he looked me in the eye he let me ask him and then looked and then me lied. in the eyes and lied to me that yeah, she knew. There are so many scenes like that in this movie. The whole time I watched it, the only thing I kept thinking was like, makes sense why people have such a hard on for this movie. For this movie? Yeah, dude. Was there was there a scene that you particularly enjoyed? Was there like a favorite scene? Yes. It is when Vito is in they go to call on the favor. It's a callback to the beginning. Okay. But he goes to put um, Santino's body. He takes him to the, God, what's that thing called? The guy who dresses up a body. The coroner? Yeah. Or no. Or, um, sorry, the uh, mortician? Yeah, the mortician. He takes him to the mortician. And yeah. he's like, I'm here to call on my favor for you. He's like, I don't want to see his mother to see him look like this. Yeah. Uh, look what they've done to my boy. Yeah, it's a powerful and, moment. And it's so, like, just in his eyes, because the rest of the movie, he's you can see he does have emotion. He does it so subtle throughout the movie, where you can always kind of tell there's, like, gears turning. And yeah. Which, we, that's part of why he's such a cool character, because it's everything is so close to the chest. Yeah. But you can see what's going on. But that that part is when this strong, like, god of a man to all these people the godfather yeah he's, you know he's invincible he's seen people die he's seen, you know he's ordered many people to be dead mm-hmm. the like the hardest person and in that moment he's like he just gives this look and he's fucking broken yeah yeah something about so, that scene too is that really sunny was i mean because sunny was the heir apparent 
of mm-hmm. the whole thing. And Fredo couldn't do it. He didn't have the chops for it. He was too mild mannered. He was too sweethearted. And he's a fucking dumb dumb. <laughs> Just say it. He's a fucking dumb dumb. He wasn't the brightest. Um, and then with Michael, they they wanted Michael to establish the legitimate side of the business. So they didn't want Michael to be connected at all to the mafia side. Yeah, he has that scene where he's like, I wanted you to be Senator Corleone. Yeah. Or or uh, Governor Corleone. Yeah. And and so I think that something that goes along with what you're saying as far as showing the emotion there, he's dealing with, like, that was my son who was going to run the business after me. There was nobody else set up to do that. He's kind of been priming him because Michael's not in his thought at all as far as doing that. You know, taking on that role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it was just just a wild scene. I really, really enjoyed the dinner scene where it was that that moment of truth where Michael basically has to take the jump and kills the other two mobsters in the restaurant. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, because it's the uh, God. They're all such Italian names. I can't remember <laughs> the names. Branazizi. Yeah. Tupi. I don't fucking know yeah um that and then the white cop <laughs> yeah it's like captain white guy captain white and, guy and then the other or i think the guy was turkish that he killed right salazzo was one of the names right and barzini yeah. <laughs> no Bar- no barzini was the guy who they believed salazzo was working with salazzo oh, okay. was the turk he yeah. was the guy trying to trying to get heroin into, yeah. into the business yeah he was the drug runner mm-hmm. and then the other guy was the cop it was captain Gotcha. White guy name. Cap- Captain Smith, probably. So, yeah, what did you think about that scene? Oh, my God. That one, that is also incredible. I really loved in that scene. It's this funny thing they kind of did throughout the movie where sometimes when they're speaking in Italian, there's subtitles, and then sometimes there's not. <laughs> yeah. And they're speaking in Italian, and there's no subtitles. So literally all you are reading or all you're watching is the subtext. And then obviously there's a couple words here and there. Yeah, that you can catch or pick up. You can up. catch, you know, uh, Padre. Yeah. Padre. Cornoli. Those type of things. Stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah no, that seems fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I like that they, uh, that the... Oh, I forget and, what the... And then once he actually nuts up and shoots him, it's so brutal. It's intense. <laughs> yeah, just shoots him and then uh, just shoots him again on the ground and then walks away and just kind of... Like, it's a, it's a powerful scene because he's told to shoot them and then just put your hand down and let go of the gun. All right? And then just walk away. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he forgets at first. He starts walking away and then he, he kind of, like like throws it away yeah it's, like as he's walking he remembers and it's like his hand won't let go of it yeah almost he has to like shake it out of his hand yeah it, i thought it was such a powerful moment to to see that and see him shaken up by what he had just done and then just kind of like coming to him like i gotta get out of here type of thing because his hand motion was like a oh my gosh what did i just do to raise your hands above your head and kind of like exclaim that it was kind of like that and then he, he just yeah, had to let he, go of the yeah, gun yeah then he remembered oh get rid of the gun yeah yeah yeah. Oh my gosh, what a cool scene. What a cool scene. The so when Sonny dies, they're they put all of these, I forget what they're called, but they're basically little mi- minor explosions on the person when they're getting shot so that they can have those blood explosions. Yeah. And 
I remember in watching some of the behind the scenes, um, James Caan was nervous about how many were being placed on his body. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Because dude gets lit up in in like in between those toll booth things. Dude just gets jacked up hard. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you. So, okay, my only things I really I'm not even going to say I didn't like them. Yeah. But the only things that were kind of silly about this movie are things just from the time period. Yeah. Like. It's so cheesy when he gets shot. Oh, of course. Yeah, kind of like really, the way he's flailing he's like, around. <laughs> like, so that was a little bit cheesy. Once again, that's kind of, they didn't have, you know, CGI and shit. So that's kind of yeah. one of those things that's just, it's a product of its time. Sure. And I liked that scene because they finally had the Tommy guns. I'm like, where are all the Tommy guns? It's a mobster <laughs> movie. Get the Tommy guns. Get the Tommy in guns. Here. Yeah. You're just interrupting the movie like Christopher Walken needs more Tommy guns. <laughs> it needs them. It's true. There weren't a ton of them. So one of the th- really, really cool things, one of my favorite things about it was the ending where Michael just has all of the head members of the family killed at the same time. Just real assassin gangster style. Yeah, that's a nut. Oh, my God. That scene is so awesome because he's at his sister's. <laughs> baptism yeah or assist his he's at the christening of his nephew or niece i think it was his niece yeah and you know he's being named the godfather Mm -hmm. and there's that beautiful scene where it's like it's the dialogue of him talking to the priest and it's like you pray you will or you swear do you swear against evil he's like i do yeah uh do you swear that you're a Christian, that you believe in Jesus as God. And he says, I do believe it. And it's this whole thing of essentially swearing like purity mm-hmm. um, in the eyes of the Lord. Sure. <laughs> and it's just that audio over all these killings that he ordered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a cool scene. Huh. That's wild to me that you didn't recognize that that was Al Pacino. That's so wild to me. I recognized him. I just didn't, didn't recognize, recognize who it, it was. as Al Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. He's so young. He is. He's, yeah, he's really, really young. I'm pretty sure that the baby in that movie, like where that christening was happening, I'm pretty sure that that's Coppola's daughter. I oh, think. Oh, that's neat. Or his niece. It's um, one of them. So he pulled, for not wanting to be accused of nepotism, he seems to pull in <laughs> a decent amount of his family members. Well, baby doesn't count. I guess. I guess. Um, she ends up playing one of the main roles in The Godfather Part 3 later. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. So I've heard that there is debate as to which Godfather is the best. Is that true? Like, some yeah. people like the second one better? Yeah. Nobody really regards the third one. Like, Yeah, that's what I heard is, like, some people like one, other people like two, and I'm like, everybody hates three. That's my outside perspective is that people think number three stinks— Two is, and you either think one is the best and two is good, or you think two is the best and one is all right. Yeah. So, number two, there are two films in cinema history where they could consider the sequel better than the original. Because, you know, every, every time the sequel is usually not as good as the original. Godfather Part Two is one that is widely regarded as that. The other Star one is. Wars. Yeah, Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Um, I honestly, I like Return of the Jedi. I'm a fan of Return of the Jedi, yeah. I think that might be just our age group. 
I just to be like, honest. <laughs> I like Ewoks. They're so yeah, cute. Right. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Princess Leia in Jabba's palace. Come on. I mean, yeah, there's what's not to like in that part. Um, but yeah, there there is a I think, to be honest, most people regard the second one as the better out of the two Godfather films. The second one's longer. And how <laughs> so so the second one has to deal with um the corleone family going to nevada and getting involved with casinos and things like that and trying to make the family a legitimate a legitimate business um but at the same time there are two parallel stories that are happening in that one and al pacino is continuing his role and his rise as the godfather of the corleone family separate from that there's a story about Vito Corleone and it's about his rise in mafia in general. And Vito Corleone is played by Robert De Niro. So you've got, it's a young Vito and a young Pacino. Okay. So it's doing like flashbacks as it's telling. Yeah. It's yeah. It's Michael's based... current story. And then has Vito's essentially origin story. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some real deep stuff that happens in the second one um, that Michael has to make some really, uh, heart-wrenching decisions i don't want to tell you any of it if you got yeah no i'm curious i don't see because i watched it and i was like why did they need to make any more sure i think it's a perfect complete story i honestly. would agree yeah the second film I, was great i don't even if it is great i'm like i don't know if i want i don't know if i want any more to that story yeah i would rather leave it up to my imagination of how that all pans out yeah yeah i think I, I agree with you. I think that the first movie is great as a standalone film. And I think that's the problem with sequels, to be honest. I think that so often sequels have to rely on the story that's happened so far, and often they don't stand on their own. Yeah. I don't know if that's entirely true about The Godfather 2. It's a really, really solid film. It's very, very good. I just think that the first one's better. Yeah. Was there more books? That is a good question. I'm not sure. Don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know on that one. I can tell you that with, with the first movie, uh, Coppola took the book. And it, imagine doing this. He made he made a book basically of, what did he call it? I wrote it down. He made a book called a prompt book. <clears throat> and he took the book, the novel, and pulled all the pages out so now instead of a book that is bound you've just got all the loose sheets of paper and then he took an eight and a half by 11 page and cut out a center hole of that page so that you could put the page onto the eight and a half by 11 the page of the book onto the eight and a half by 11 page and then taped it so that there was like an extra border around the book you following me so far kind of okay go on okay and then put that into a binder so he basically took the novel, extended the pages out, he cut holes in paper, and taped the novel into the standard paper so that he had extra room to make notes. And he used that as like his Bible. So he read the he read the book and he would write down notes about how he would do these scenes. Oh wow, okay. And he used that through his through the whole process of making the movie. Um, I don't know if there was a second one, but I, I, I have you ever read the book? No, uh, I am ashamed to say that I have not, but the movie's so good. I get that. And I, I don't want to read the book and be like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know about these things. I think it's tough to go back and read a book after you've watched a movie that you like. Yeah. 
honestly I, i've done it i'm not a huge fan it's like i already have like i think the benefit is like the characters are already cast in your head mm-hmm. which is nice sure yeah but you already have the story like yeah how much more are you gonna add to it i think sometimes. yeah to counter that i have often thought if you want to read the book you should watch the movie first because how many times do you go into a movie or when a new movie comes out and you're like oh man it was really good and then you got some snob who read the book and they go oh well the book's better everybody always says that yeah everybody always says that right so if that's the case then what you should do is watch the movie first yeah it's it's such an unfair comparison though because a book can be 900 pages long yeah a movie has to fit into one one and a half to three hours depending on you know the the audience they're trying to hit yeah it's unfair and and also stories the book's better you know (laughs) what i mean because you get to use your imagination and tailor fit the characters to exactly what you want in your brain yeah and they can add so much more detail and what you would call subtext in a movie they can just write it out this is exactly what they're thinking yeah it's unfair i hate when people say the book was of course the book was better you idiot they you know what i mean like sure you couldn't if you made the exact book into a movie it'd be fucking eight hours long yeah yeah couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't work that way maybe that's why we're seeing so many series pop up now i think honestly i think it's a better way to do long-form storytelling yeah yeah i'll have to read the book i'll have to maybe at some point i say that i have no intention (laughs) it's never gonna happen (laughs) it's never gonna happen but um but it is i mean i would be interested in reading it and seeing what the comparisons are from what my understanding was was that the original screenplay was pretty close to what the book was but then they did end up making changes but again there are things that you can do with the book that you can't do on film like inner monologue for example Mm -hmm. i don't think that that translates very well to film no, unless you're fucking Marlon Brando. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, you know, I don't have an interest in reading the book. None. The movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't want to hinder that. Yeah, reading's for fucking dorks. Anyway, <laughs> get out of here with your books. So, so with that, Thor, uh, we're about at that time. Where do you, where do you think you would rate this? Well, see... Should I rate it? Oh, because okay. we still have Last of the Mohicans. That's right. So let's say hypothetically I wanted to go 10 out of 10. I'm not saying I do or I don't. Okay. But if I said, oh, okay, 10 out of 10, yeah, then, then there's we're... nowhere for Last of the Mohicans. So we That's do have true. to keep into keep in mind. So I think I'll do the rating on the next episode. On the next episode? Okay. All right. And, and maybe we don't even do it out of 10 score. We'll just... Which is the better Which is one? Which the better one? Because that's the question here. That is the question, yeah. And it's one that I've been trying to find out for a long, long time. Yeah. So things that I liked about this movie there are most of the things. Yeah. <laughs> are most <laughs> I, of it. I think it looks beautiful. The cinematography is incredible. Like, there, it 100%, once again, makes sense that this is a beloved movie as it is. Yeah like the cinematography is wonderful the the acting is wonderful what do you think about the score that just solo horn oh my gosh so good so iconic i had that for my for my um my ringtone for a while and people were like you have to change that it's too depressing yeah like watching this movie 
for the first time was kind of like really listening to the Beatles for the first time where you start hearing like as you're listening to it you realize like or as I was watching it I realized like all the things that are likely inspired and influenced from this yeah that's that's like like, and I couldn't say for sure but I could only assume sure just because based on how wildly you know plotted this movie is well and you're probably correct uh, in that i mean this was again it was made in early 70s so anything that we watch is that's going to have callbacks i don't know if we're going to have callbacks farther back than 1971 or 1972 um and i can tell you that the godfather wasn't making callbacks to other films at least i don't think what can i say that hasn't been said by so many people and probably people who are way smarter than me with way more knowledge on film and shit like that as to why it's incredible. I just liked it. It was fun to watch. Yeah. It was very interesting. Kept me like interested the whole time. Only things I really didn't like. One is once things that I don't I'm not even holding it against it, but just things that like kind of made me laugh were things that are from the issues from the era that this movie was made. Yeah. Like once again James Kahn when he chases down uh, Connie's husband and mm-hmm. kicks the shit out of him, which it, that scene was pretty cool. He starts hitting him with a trash can yeah, and it was just beating intense. the shit out of him. I loved that scene, but like he's one of the punches he throws, you can clearly see is not even close <laughs> to the hit. guy's head. <laughs> so it's kind of a cheesy fight scene. Yeah. Um, until he starts like wailing <sighs> on him with, with the uh, trash can. <laughs> it, it's an awesome scene. Sure. Um, and then obviously when he gets shot, some of the special effects stuff, especially when people are getting shot, like when he gets gunned down, when Sonny gets gunned down, yeah, it's a little over the top. A little over the top. And then when he's killing all the people at the end, when he's killing all the other leaders of the five families, yeah, one of the guys gets shot through the glasses, just gets oh, a, yeah. a bullet right through the glasses. Yeah. It's just cheesy. It looking. is cheesy. But yep. once again, it's the era that it was made, so I'm not really holding it against it. Sure. Um, and Fredo. You didn't like Fredo? It just fe- he f- his character felt out of place. Like, I got what they were trying to do. He's supposed to be kind of, like, sweet and dumb. Mm-hmm. He's the dumb-dumb. He's never... There's always one in a family, right? right. He's never going to run things. They just... He, do the be- he does the best he can. Yeah. But how dumb he was felt comical (laughs) okay like it felt like it was meant to be silly okay and i was like it just did it felt out of place all the other characters felt real okay they felt like real mobsters and i don't know any real mobsters but they all felt like they were kind of grounded in reality whereas fredo felt like over the top silly and he really is it's not like crazy over the top but compared to how like dour the rest of the movie is it's it just felt a little a little silly a little cheesy i could see that yeah almost like a character or a jeez uh, a caricature of what an actual person would be yeah they could have made him dumb without making him so like oh like i can't grab my gun <laughs> <laughs> like seriously i mean he was a little over the top so that's really my only criticism of it okay did on, you on first watch anyway well good Good. Um, so did it live up to, I don't want to say live up to the hype. I feel like that's the wrong phrase, 
But as far as the maybe the mysticism about the Godfather, do yeah. you feel like it? it met? Yeah, one hundred percent. I didn't expect to. Like I said, I wanted to come in here and be like, "Fucking everybody's so stupid. The Godfather sucks, and every <laughs> it's so good. I can't say anything bad about it." Yeah, it's it's it looks beautiful. It's the best mobster film, I think. I, I love it. I used to think that Scarface was the best mobster film. I'm not a huge Scarface fan. Yeah, it's okay. I prefer Goodfellas. Yeah, mobster movies. Goodfellas, I like Goodfellas good. yeah. a lot. Um, but man, I, like, I love Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. I'm a great. Pesci man. <laughs> Joe Pesci's great. Um, yeah, but uh, Scarface was was what I read. I really liked Al. I got into like a big Al Pacino kick my senior year in high school, and just started buying Al Pacino movies. And Godfather was like the last one that I bought. I remember watching that on school nights. I watched all three of them in a row. And it was at that <laughs> point where you're a senior. And so your parents are like, whatever, you're going to do what you're going to do. You've got like three yeah, months of school left. you're basically an adult. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just stayed up till three in the morning watching all the Godfather films. And that's like all I did all week. Well, cool, man. I'm glad that it, at least it sounds like you have a good grasp of this film, and it seems like you enjoyed it. I'm curious how Last of the Mohicans is going to hold up. It's a very different film than what what we just watched. It's not quite as long, but I think it's equally as good, so I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. Excellent. As far as you guys, next week, uh, so we're, we're going to hold Thor's recommendation. He's going to recommend something to me for the next episode but next week we are going to be covering last of the mohicans um a film with daniel day lewis who i don't particularly care for Ooh, you, but i'm the godfather just got like i know nothing about last of the mohicans <laughs> also i know it's a book i yeah. know it's also a movie based on a book yeah and i think i read it in high school it's an american school? classic yeah i, think I wouldn't I be surprised that? if you did I don't recall it, though. So I think I was aware of it and never actually read it. But in any case, Daniel Day-Lewis is already pushing Last of the Mohicans <laughs> to the top. You, you, so. might just, you might just love it because of Daniel Day-Lewis. That's fair. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge Daniel Day-Lewis fan, but that movie, man, uh, it, it's something about it. So next week, Last of the Mohicans, what do you guys think? And, and what are your predictions? Do you think that Thor is going to enjoy Last of the Mohicans more than Godfather or vice versa? We've already seen the Daniel Day-Lewis bump. So, <laughs> so maybe Last of the Mohicans takes the win. I'd also be curious to hear your thoughts on which one you guys think is better. Is there anybody out there that has seen both of them? I feel like there should be a lot of you. But I, Last of the Mohicans doesn't fly as high cinematically. I, I would say as far as the conversation of greatest films of all time i don't think i've ever heard last of the mohicans uh mentioned yeah. yeah and i don't know if i could say last of the mohicans is one of the greatest of all times i'll just say that it's one of my favorites your favorites though yeah yeah, yeah. i said if we just went on favorites for me it you know it not it wouldn't be the godfather or last of the mohicans <laughs> right it'd yeah. be it'd be some shitty action movie from the 90s sure yeah but but i will say that i enjoy the cinematography of both of the films so i, I do try to look at it through through a artistic lens yeah yeah not so much just like because i could say that i don't know captain america civil war it would be my favorite movie of all I, like that that hits all of my all of my dopamine triggers and i'm like yes superheroes punching each other i love it um but it's hard for me to, to say that, that these movies are not 
not my favorites. So next week we're getting into The Last of the Mohicans. Um, get ready because I think that it's going to be a fun and wild ride. So until next time, as always, you get wrecked. Stay wrecked. Good night, everybody. Ciao, bella. Thank you.